Hey everybody, Local Pobs here with another episode of Local Pods on the Fall Classic Federation. This episode, we're going to talk about the Door County Steelheads 2020 season. The good, the bad, the eventual playoff sweep to the California Kooks. It'll all get discussed. Talk about good players, stuff we're looking forward to. Anyway, hope you all enjoy. Let's get into it. Looking at the 2020 season for the Door County Steelheads, we went 96 and 66, good enough to win the Ken Griffey Jr. division in the Diamond League, so that outpaced the Las Vegas Jesters and the Estes Park Horns. Nice to get a second division title in three years, that's always pretty good. 96 wins is the most wins in our three seasons here, so that's also pretty good. Really close to 100, but that's alright. Our expected Pythagorean record was 94 and 68, so we played a little bit above our expectation, but not that much. Um, that was good to see that we weren't fluking it too much, but a little bit of luck on our side helping us get to probably a better place in the division and the league overall. Looking at how some of the stats ended up coming out, offensively, we were probably middle of the pack. Looks like we were probably the lowest on base on balls, and we were the had the second fewest strikeouts amongst all the teams in the Diamond League. Otherwise, everything except for slugging percentage, we were fifth. We were fifth in batting average. We were fifth in OBP. Fifth in runs scored. Fifth in hits. Fifth in home runs. It was very mediocre offensively, uh, so we had to rely on our pitching and defense, which definitely came through. ERA overall, second in the Diamond League. Starters ERA was fourth, but our bullpen ERA of 2.65 was first in the Diamond League. Runs allowed second, hits allowed first. Opponents average second. Home runs allowed first, base on balls third. Strikeouts first, defensive efficiencies third. So while our offense was kind of middle of the pack, we were able to rely on our defense to kind of carry us through some different struggles that we may have had offensively. Looking at a month-by-month -month kind of progression throughout the season, uh, we started out really hot, going 17 of 9 in April, and then May was just above 515 and 14. June, we were a little bit better at 16 and 12. July, we kind of skidded, uh, dropped us out of first place. We were 13 and 13, so right at 500 in July, around the All-Star break, didn't really know how it was all going to shake out. But then in August and September, we lost nine games in each of the last two months. So we went 19-9 and nine in August and 16-9 and nine in September. Two great months to close out the year. That really propelled us into an easy division win uh, once it was all said and done. We ended up winning the division by eight games. However, at the beginning of September, I wasn't really sure if that was going to happen. We were able to finish eight games clear. That was really good to see. Didn't have to have to face the Assassin City Executioners right away. In the playoffs, we did face the Kooks. We got swept. We'll get it out of the way right away. The Kooks have been our nemesis in end-of-the-season drama, end-of-the-season games or series. Again, 2018 season lost, I believe, in the seventh game of the DLDS. In the 2019 season, lost in game 163. 2020 season, we go ahead and get swept in the DLDS again. Fortunately, the Kooks go on to win the World Series, so we feel a little bit better about that, but still... Definitely frustrating. Uh, we're not going to really address that anymore in this podcast. If people are really wanting to ask questions about it, they can. But overall, we got swept. It was four games. It was never really that close. So it just kind of is what it is. We have to move on and look forward 
to the 2021 season. And looking at the 2020 season overall, there were a lot of high points. Looking at individual performances, uh, and I'm just looking at my team homepage, and they've got top three leaders for a bunch of categories offensively and pitching. Offensively, we're bringing back basically everybody who was on our leaderboards except for Gene Segura, Joe Panic, and Jose Abreu snuck into the RBI leaderboard. The rest of them, rest of the players on there, Mike Trout, Mike Moustakis, Ioannis Cespedes, Christian Yelich, Josh Bell, anybody else? No, they're all coming back next season. Uh, Mike Trout had a bit of a down year for him by his standards. Again, he's not in our batting average top three, so that was really surprising. But led the team in home runs. Again, he had 34. I believe he had almost 50 last year. Let's open that up and check quick again. 2019 season, he actually hit 52 home runs and led the league. This year, only 34. Uh, did lead the team in RBIs, in war, on-base percentage, and OPS. But Gene Segura led the team in batting average, so his loss is going to be felt. But Christian Yelich was there in second. Josh Bell was right behind him in third. Again, Josh Bell led the team in triples, which was really surprising this year. But overall, we've got a lot of people coming back on the offense, so that hopefully can be a good thing. Now again, we kind of have to replace both Segura and Panic up the middle. It'll be interesting to see what we do there, whether or not a player like Christian Arroyo comes up and slots in there. Gavin Shakini is another one who could slot into really kind of either of those places, or do we go out and pick up some sort of free agent, or do we acquire somebody in a trade? Again, Jose Altuve is out there available on the trade block. Is that somebody that we indoor county go and acquire and bring him in to man one of the two parts of the keystone corner looking at our pitchers robbie ray is consistently atop our leaderboards era strikeouts war fip tops in all of those uh, he had a great season when he sputtered out at the end of the year and then in the playoffs against the kooks it was really surprising again he had an era almost a full run better than anybody else in our starting pitchers. Grayson Long was an ERA of 4.38. I've been really happy with how he's done in his really his first full year. Blake Snell was also up there as well. Again, Ray and Snell are both lefties, which is great when we play Estes Park because, at least historically, they've had a lot of lefties in their lineup, so that worked really well. Aaron Long led the team in wins for whatever that can really kind of mean. Um, Aaron Nola was also up there. Um, Looking at kind of comparing Grayson Long's and Aaron Nola's season, I would say that Long had a significantly better season, but the wins category would say, well, Nola only won two fewer games, so it's kind of equitable. It's really not. Uh, I've been a little disappointed with Nola. Hopefully he can bounce back next year, kind of like how he did in 2018, 2019 after a difficult 2018 season. Michael Waka was also at 11 wins. He was traded in the offseason. Partially because he had an extended contract, probably for three or four, four or five more years. I really didn't see him sticking along around for that long. So hopefully he can go and be successful somewhere else, and I'm able to bring someone else up into the rotation. Uh, looking at again, Nola led the team in innings pitched, but didn't really have that great of a year. Again, a 5.29 ERA, really not great for somebody you would think should be your ace. Looking at pitcher WAR again, Robbie Ray was first with a 3.8. War. That makes sense that you'd have a starter leading your team in war. He's going to pitch a lot more. He's going to accumulate war. It's a big counting stat that makes sense. 
However, number two was Sam Tuivalala. He's a relief pitcher. He just won Diamond League Relief Pitcher of the Year. So why is somebody like Sam accumulating three war? He pitched 82 and two-thirds innings in 82 games, so just about an inning per game. Pretty good. Uh, looking at how he did overall, like statistically, 1.2 ERA. That's pretty good. He only had two saves, so it's like, okay, why is he kind of like the reliever of the year? Again, 1.2 ERA is pretty good. 54 hits allowed over 82 innings, pretty good. He allowed a total of 11 earned runs with three home runs. That's amazing. Um, considering that I play both Estes Park and Las Vegas, I played them nine games each, so 18 total games in very hitter-friendly parks. Um, Door County's, the Bayfront ballpark is more or less probably even, but both Estes Park and the Elder Horns, or, and the Jesters have hitter-friendly parks, so going there, winning a decent amount of games there, and not giving much up has been really, really good. Again, Sam struck out 127 batters while only walking 31. That's unbelievably impressive. That's a 13.8 Ks per nine, a 3.4 walks per nine, home runs per nine, 0.3. Again, three home runs over 82 games. That's like one home run every 27 appearances, which is maybe once a month, which is unbelievable to have somebody come in from your bullpen and be able to supply that kind of stuff. His ERA plus was 383. So that means his ERA was 283% better than league average. That's phenomenal. Again, a relief pitcher who's good probably will have an ERA plus that is above 100 because he's going to pitch less. And if he's good, he's not going to allow that many runs. So there's just fewer opportunities for him to have runs scored against him. But most relievers are not going to be 283% better than the league average from an ERA perspective. So Sam probably could make a claim for the most valuable player on the team. Again, I will give out awards near the end of the 2020 calendar year in-game. Uh, and I've got a batter, starting pitcher, and a relief pitcher. Sam probably has the relief pitcher award locked up. Uh, there's really no question about that. While he wasn't the closer, again, Craig Kimbrell was our closer. Sam came in and basically always guaranteed that nobody was going to score when he was pitching. So that was great. Uh, from a FIP perspective, again, Robbie Ray, Grayson Long, Blake Snell leading the team in FIP, partially because that's innings driven. Uh, and then looking at saves, Kimbrell had 28, Josh Hader had 10. Uh, we kind of utilized a couple of stopper roles with Hader and Tui Valala. So that was important that sometimes they would come in and end up getting the save. Hader got significantly more of those than Sam did. That kind of makes sense. Third highest amount of saves actually went to Trevor Gott. Again, something interesting that the team Twitter put out a couple days ago. Trevor didn't allow a home run all season. And looking at every pitcher that pitched at least 15 innings, so really not that many innings across the 2020 season, he was the only one who didn't allow a home run. Again, there's somebody who maybe appeared in 11 innings, didn't give up a home run. That's pretty good. Trevor appeared in, I believe, he pitched 53 innings over 62 games. So he had some appearances where he didn't face that many batters. 
but he allowed zero home runs in 53 innings. So that's a minimum of 159 batters faced. Again, he allowed 45 home runs, 39 walks, so you have to add those 59 hits, 39 walks, you have to add that onto it. But again, 200 batters faced, no home runs allowed. That's really impressive. Uh, and I'm really excited for Trevor and how well he did. Uh, we'll see if he can continue that forward. Um, he should be here with us next year, but we'll see how that all goes. Uh, overall, looking at kind of expectations for the 2021 season, again, need to replace somebody um, at shortstop and second with Segura and Panic leaving. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what we do there. Outfield is going to probably be pretty set with going from left to right. Yelich, Trout, Conforto. Uh, Cespedes is still in the team, so he can be kind of a fourth outfielder if needed. There's probably, I mean, Aristides Aquino came up and did a little bit in September. He had a good year in AAA, so he's somebody I could see bringing up as well. Uh, looking around the infield, is Christian Arroyo going to get his chance? Mike Moustakas will still be at third, and Josh Bell will still be at first. So that kind of makes sense. Uh, catcher, Bruce Maxwell had a really good year, uh, especially compared to how uh, Tucker Barnhart did. Barnhart didn't have that great of a season. Uh, we'll see. He did exercise his option, so he's still on the team. We'll see if he can bounce back in 2021 and contribute. He's a very good defensive catcher. His bat definitely let us down this year. Pitching-wise, uh, our rotation is going to be some combination of Snell, Ray, Grayson Long, Aaron Nola. Uh, we signed Zach Davies again. His last year of arbitration, I believe. So he's on the team. Is he going to be the fifth pitcher? Are we going to have somebody come up from AAA? Are we going to acquire somebody from free agency or in a trade? There's lots of time to sort all of that out. But the rotation, we know that we've probably got four pitchers for sure. And then what we do with the fifth one, we're not quite sure yet. Bullpen-wise, Hader and Tuivalala are definitely in. We lost Kimbrell. Uh, he... Was offered a qualifying offer. He declined it. He's probably going to cost somebody a pretty penny or two. Uh, it probably won't be us unless he's still there in January or February. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Otherwise, from the bullpen, again, Trevor Gott's still going to be there. Alex Claudio. Uh, Archie Bradley. Cody Medeiros came up in September. Colin Poche came up in August when we had a couple of injuries as well in, in September. And he did very well, too. Had a good AAA season. It'll be interesting to see kind of how we fill out the people maybe that we wouldn't bring in if we were doing well in a game. Uh, kind of the B or C parts of the bullpen. Because you've probably got, you've got your A bullpen with Sam, Josh Hader. Uh, Claudio could be in there kind of with what's needed. Uh, Archie Bradley sometimes, Trevor got maybe as well. But then how are we going to fill in maybe those other four to five spots, depending on how I want to use stuff. How are we going to fill in the pieces that, okay, hey, starter didn't do very well, who's going to fill in there? Or, hey, starter gave us six, but we're losing four to one. So we need to keep it, lead where it is, but we don't want to bring in our A bullpen because the likelihood of winning it is low, so we just kind of want to stem the tide. Those players are still who we're going to kind of be looking at. There are a lot of relievers in the free agent class, so that'll be something that we'll keep an eye on. Uh, again, trading is always out there. The amount of trade activity that has been going on kind of since the playoffs ended has been phenomenal. 
the trades that we had during the 2020 season were few and they weren't very big. So hopefully we see a lot of activity with the expansion coming up. There will be six new GMs with needs and with people that they still actually end up may wanting to move because they pick somebody up and then see somebody else in free agency. Oh, hey, maybe I want to go for him. But now they've got a surplus. So it'll be interesting to see where we all go with that. Again, six new GMs to trade with is going to be a good thing for us. It's going to be good for the league. Um, I'm excited to see what the expansion draft kind of shakes out as. Uh, it's definitely going to hurt to lose some good players, but it's just kind of part of expanding stuff. Uh, having put together the schedule last season, uh, doing it for 18 teams, uh, where there's three teams in the division, was a little bit challenging. Uh, having four teams in a division, 24 teams overall, is going to be really fun, really easy to make a schedule. Uh, I think I'm going to try to do that for all levels, uh, partially because then we can ensure that we don't have rookie teams playing into October. Uh, we can kind of figure out, okay, we want to start triple it. We want to start all the minor leagues, maybe the third or fourth week of April, and have it wrap up the first week of September. Then you can have three weeks and you can bring up your prospects that you want to kind of look at and see or it's like well we're not in the playoffs anymore you've definitely got time to bring stuff up i don't want to kind of drain teams of resources when they still may have games going on but again having 24 teams throughout each of the leagues is going to be super awesome to be able to build the schedule um, other stuff to think about as we move towards the 2021 season obviously we're going to talk a bunch about the amateur draft once we get through the expansion draft, uh, kind of figure out how we're going to bring in the expansion teams. Do we do that lottery of six and six, blend them together, see what happens? Do we give the first three uh, teams from FCF currently, what we're deeming legacy teams, do we give them their spots? And then do we give the six expansion GMs draft picks and then continue with the draft and just do it like that? We'll have to see. Um, it'll be interesting kind of watching the interactions within Discord. Again, if anybody has any questions, feel free to reach out to any of us in the commissioner's office. Again, that's Pops, Jeff, Quaddy, Scotty, and myself. Again, you can reach out to any of us if you have questions. Reach out to any of us if you want to discuss a trade. I'm certainly open to trading, for sure, Cespedes. Barnhart would definitely be two players I could explore trading. I definitely see an opportunity to move them and bring in somebody younger who could grow a bit more in the FCF because AAA is maybe not at the level that they need to continue to improve. Uh, it's an opportunity for me to bring up somebody new that maybe can perform a little bit better, or it's an opportunity for me to clear a bit of capital and bring somebody in from free agency. Again, Cespedes and Barnhart are probably the two people I'm really going to try to push to move. So if you need a catcher, if you need an outfielder, hit me up. We can discuss that kind of stuff. Hopefully, we can make some deals happen. Again, trading activity has been great. If we can continue that, that would be awesome. Um, I guess to wrap up, we will look at the 2021 season, uh, kind of discuss the players that I will expect to be around. Uh, the hopes would be that we can win the division again. It's going to be difficult. I think Estes Park will probably bounce back a little bit. The Jesters were right there with us for most of the season. Jingles was a nuisance in probably the best way because he was always there making me think about, okay, how do I want to 
structure my rotation. I had to look at, like, okay, I'm playing Estes Park. I want to try to get my lefties in there. Or I'm playing teams that, okay, aren't doing as well. Who can I maybe give a break? But there were a bunch of teams, especially in the Diamond League, that were always going to be troublesome to play. So it's, okay, I can't give Trout and Yelich and Moustakas two or three days off in a week because they've got to play. They've got to play California. They've got to play Bermuda. They've got to play Las Vegas. That's a problem because all of those teams are good and they make it more problematic in terms of getting people rest. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, I don't... I would love to finish first in the division. Uh, second may probably be a little more likely. Uh, and I'd still like to challenge for the wild card. We'll see what happens. Uh, the rest of X's division, uh, which again is the Warren Spawn division. I don't expect them to be that competitive. We'll see what expansion team comes in there. But the executioners will probably win that division again. The Ricky Henderson division, Kooks and Triangle are going to battle again for that division. Uh, Apex coming into Sicily now, what was Portland. He'll probably have a year or two where he needs to really kind of rebuild. So wildcard team will definitely possibly be coming from the Ricky Henderson with whoever doesn't win the division there. And then I'll be probably be battling both Las Vegas and Estes Park for both the division and the wildcard. It may end up being three teams fighting for the division and then dropping in whoever else is from the Henderson into the wildcard fight. So the likelihood of making the playoffs is probably less than it's been any of the other seasons. Uh, I'm going to hope for something that wasn't akin to the collapse that we had in 2019, but the eight-game win in the division uh, in 2020 probably is not likely. I would expect the 2021 division to go probably until the last week of the year. It'll probably be five games. That'll decide it at most. Uh, it's going to be a really good season again. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but first, we got to get through the offseason, got to get through expansion. Welcome to all of the expansion GMs. Welcome to the three new legacy GMs, four new legacy GMs, actually. I can't count. Just we have three in the Diamond League. We have one over in the Platinum League as well. I'm excited to see a bunch of fresh faces, fresh voices getting added to the league. There's been big uptick in activity recently. That's been good. Again, keep making trades as we get through this. Once we get through the expansion, we'll have free agency. We'll have trades coming down. It'll be really exciting. Looking forward to all of that. Again, any questions you have, reach out to me. It's Loco Pobs. I'm right there. I'll answer it when I can. Again, I'm listed at Do Not Disturb right now. It's okay. Reach out. I'll get back to you when I can. Uh, if you have any other questions, feel free to ask the commissioners as well. They're all a good group of guys. It's been great to see this league take off. I'm excited to have 24 teams. I'm excited for the 2021 season uh, to see who can kind of step up and maybe take our division, who can bring somebody, bring a different team into the playoffs. I don't expect to see the same eight teams in the playoffs. I'd be surprised if we have five of the same teams in the playoffs. Uh, so I think that'll do it for this episode. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, stick around the Discord if you've got questions at all. Looking forward to the season. Uh, thanks again, everyone. Again, this is Local Pods on the Fall Classic Federation. Signing out. Yeah.